Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to O-Face Wrestling. This is your host, JT, and today I am joined by Luscious Latasha. So thanks for joining us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So I'm really excited to learn, you know, more about you and your career and everything like that. So you've been in the wrestling business since 2004. So you've been doing this for a minute now. So um, not many of the wrestlers that I've had on the show have been in the business that long. So I think this is actually really interesting to kind of learn because um, you started in the business in a different era. So it's kind of like we can talk about like how the business has evolved, especially with social media, because I know in 2004, like social media really wasn't like and now you know social media plays a big part in it and everything like that but um before we get to that i want to i gotta ask and i know this is probably the question you get asked the most but i don't know the answer to it some of my listeners (laughs) might not know as well so um what uh what inspired you to become a professional wrestler so what actually inspired me was uh, my grandmother was a big wrestling fan so when i was about like three or four years old we always would watch wrestling. And I was actually supposed to go to uh, WrestleMania, my first WrestleMania, but I ended up coming down with like an awful flu. And I cried, like I cried because I wanted to go so bad. And she was like, I'll take you another time. I'll take you another time. So when I was seven, uh, she actually took me to my first pay-per-view, which was King of the Ring. And I instantly told her, I said, Nana, I want to be a wrestler. And I was seven years old. So of course she's going to be like, yeah, kid, like, sure, whatever. Like, as soon, like, you could be anything you want to be. If that's really what you want to do. Like, I was seven. You know what I mean? Like, who would to think that I would fall, be able to follow through with that dream? So yeah, she said, sure, why not? And then when I was 11, I found a wrestling promotion nearby. At the time, it was called Yankee Pro Wrestling. Um, and they had a different owner at the time. But once I was able to like I started going to shows and like starting to help out I did concession and then I started recording the shows that that's when I was about probably like 14 15 and then in order to be able to train you had to be 16 years old and have your parent consent to sign the waiver so I was able to start training when I was 16 and it was so it just happened so abruptly because they were literally right up the street like less than a mile away from my house and I had no idea. I never knew of an independent show. I just knew at the time, WWE, you know what I mean? So it was crazy. I loved it. So it was like, oh my God, I get to do this. And my grandmother right away, she signed the paperwork and off I went. Yeah, that's really, that's really cool that you got into it like really early. Like you said, you started out with just like helping out the promotion and stuff like that. And just kind of worked your way into like the business. I think that's really neat. Um, And I think that's funny that you brought up the whole, like you only knew about WWE. I think that's a lot of people really, you know, um, really like only think that WWE is the only wrestling promotion. Like for a while, like I had no idea the impact existed. Like, right. It was it was kind of embarrassing to have a conversation when I remember I was talking with a friend. I was like, "Oh man, I wish that Kurt Angle still wrestled and you know Hardy Boys." And like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in Impact." I was like, "What what is Impact?" You know, and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. things there and all these other guys." Like, wow, yeah. like I think that's pretty cool. But yeah, like when I I didn't didn't really get into indies wrestling until like a little before I even started this podcast and. I live in Maryland, so we have Maryland Championship Wrestling. I found out about that several years ago. Um, And then when I got into the indies, I started realizing they're all over the place. Like, there's wrestling, especially, like, in uh, Texas and New York, New Jersey. Like, it's like a goldmine for wrestling. I was like, 
wow, like I never knew. Like I thought like WWE was the, you know, the only promotion for a while that I heard about Impact. And then of course like Ring of Honor, New Japan, but then all these other promotions, it's crazy. Like wrestling's a lot bigger than what people think it is. And I think that's just amazing because that also means there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of different schools out there and everything like that. So that's really, really cool. Yes, I agree. It was, it's, and then how I found them was, um, Alicia Edwards, actually, her mom, I got her into wrestling because we went to school together. And but her mom worked with the owner of the promotion because he used to have like his own uh, another business where she worked at. And then when I introduced Alicia to wrestling, I went to her house and I put wrestling on the TV and her her mother was like, I work for a guy who has a wrestling company. We're like, what? Yeah, it's a mile up the street. So that's how like we both got like into it. You know what I mean? But I was like, what is this? And I thought it was so cool. And I was like, oh man, sign me up, you know? And like about nowadays, obviously social media wasn't a thing. Now it's so much easier. You can just go on your phone, find a local promotion. That usually should be, I think in this day and age, there's probably a promotion, I would say maybe within a two hour limit. You know what I'm saying? Like before it wasn't like that. And I lived in New Bedford and I always thought of chaotic wrestling because of Killa Kowalski. And I could have started training early, but my grandmother was sick. So she wasn't able to drive me an hour and a half to two hours for training, wait, and then bring me back home and then do school in the morning, you know? So I was devastated. I was like, oh my gosh, that's the only like wrestling school. And then I realized like, hey, there's another place that I could, if I needed to, I could walk, you know? So it's very interesting. <laughs> and like the the one cool thing is it seems like a lot of wrestling schools are also like promotions as well so it's like you can kind of train there and then actually wrestle there as well i, I do know that every like wrestling school slash promotion or whatever however you want to word it i know they're different um i know one of the girls i talked to she said that the promotion that she trained from all you know that they don't like actually like pay them when they wrestle the events because they're trainees they kind of have to <laughs> you know but then i know someone else who wrestles um or who trained and when and they actually like graduate then they actually go into the main card and um wrestle and all that kind of stuff but yeah like i could only imagine though just training at such a young age and stuff like that so you were 16 um were you so i'm assuming you were still in high school and all that kind of stuff so like what did your teachers and your friends think <laughs> about that? if they even knew yeah so i was a senior um when i was able to start wrestling well i was like a junior going into senior year uh, cause the way my birthday falls. So that's why I was further along, but yeah. So I remember like hanging out with the kids at school. Like I did welding and sheet metal in school. So I was with the guys, you know, and I'm not like a tomboy by any means, like the littlest bugs or whatever. So people would always be like, Oh, she's such a tomboy. She's doing welding and sheet metal. And I'm like, well, I'm actually a pretty girly girl, but it was just, I liked that aspect, but a lot of my guy friends, like we would talk wrestling. And so like the kids in my school and the kids in my shop, they knew I liked wrestling. And then once I was able to like start training, like they were like, this is so cool. And, but back then I didn't have like a cell phone like this where you could show pictures and video of like what you're doing. And I remember telling like my shop teacher and I'm like, hey, I wrestle, like I've had a bruise on my arm, like really bad because I took a boot, like it was, it was something, but everybody was super interested in knowing like, wait, hey, she wrestled. And the one goal that I always had, because I think they went to my high school when I was 15 and the promotion I wrestled for, they ran there. 
And I was like, this is my ultimate goal is to wrestle at my high school. But we never ended up getting that opportunity. Like I never was able to get that opportunity, which I'm still hoping maybe one day we could go back there because I think that would be awesome. But I mean, everybody else was cool with it. You know, they're like, oh man, when you make it big, we need your autograph. Don't forget about us. So I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I used to say that to my friend back in high school because he was one of those like kids who was just good at every sport he played football. Mm-hmm. I swore up and down he was going to make it to the NFL. And I'm like, when you make it big, you better be giving me tickets and all this kind of stuff. And unfortunately, <laughs> he never made it big. But I remember having a friend at school like that. Like, he just, you know, just thought he was going to make it big. Because there's always that one kid in your high school that you just feel like it's going to make it big in whatever sport he excels in and stuff like that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So now um, I got a, like a few questions about just kind of like, you know, the time period you started wrestling and kind of where we're yeah. at now. So um, obviously like in mainstream wrestling, women's wrestling has come a long way, like back in the nineties and all it was like bra and panties. Now it's like, they're actually mm-hmm. kind of the main event and they're really like breaking ground. How has wrestling changed in the indies when it comes to women's wrestling? Was it always, did it always have its place or did it kind of evolve and grow as well? Um. so the way I look at it is like we had our place as a novelty so it would be a seven card show you know and then you'd feature featuring a women's match like it was like a spectacle as if like you had like the midgets on the show you know what I mean so it was like people looked at it as like I would never forget being in the back and then hearing them say are you ready for the women's match like oh my God, you know, like they're, they're excited, but I felt like they were excited for the wrong reasons, not because we're going to go out and perform, just more of a, excuse my language, like sexual-ishness, you know? Um, but thankfully the towns I was able to start in was like old fashioned towns. So like the promotion would bring in like people like Tony Atlas, Tino Santana, like old school guys. So like Thankfully, the fans there, they weren't so into like brown panties. Like that wasn't a thing we would do. We would have regular women's matches, but it was just, we were a novelty. Um, So I feel like that's definitely changed nowadays. And back then too, when we were training, we didn't have a ton of girls at training. I trained with guys and it was nice because you can learn that. Um, Like you just, it's just different, you know, it's different to, train with a guy than it is to train with females and a lot of the times it would just be me and Lish at at training and it was what it was and like I enjoyed it I loved it um but now you're able to go to training and it'll be like five six balls you know so it's definitely evolved and especially on shows I think it's more respected um I think we are given more time uh and now some shows are having you know two girl matches or sometimes women matches are if you're lucky, it's the main event, depending on which promotion. So I think definitely there should at least be one women's match on a card. Uh, I still see that's not happening everywhere. And it could be due to lack of females in the area. Um, I know a lot of things and a lot of people don't like to talk about it is money. Money is always a factor. Um, money has definitely changed from when I first started to what the girls are asking for now. Uh which is crazy because it's like you would think with more experience, like some girls that I know who are more experienced and the younger girls are getting more money than them. And it's like, you've been wrestling for like two years. How are you able to ask for this? And then promoters are giving it to them. 
you know, and sometimes it's, I'm more about quality wrestling, good quality wrestling, rather than just throwing girls on to have women on your show. Like I got thrown out in my first match. I think I trained for four months and I had my first match. I should not have been out there, but then it was like that week. And then it was like the following week and then the following week. And, and I know it happens nowadays, but like, technically I definitely shouldn't have been out there. I I should not have been out there. But I mean, I'm grateful that I was able to have that opportunity. And actually my one and only match that my grandmother was able to see was my first match. So I will always, I guess it, if I had to choose, I'm happy that it happened rather than waiting because she wouldn't have, she wouldn't have, she wouldn't have been here. Exactly. Like, I feel like just (laughs) everything kind of like happens for a reason and stuff like that. Absolutely. And like, when it comes to like, you had mentioned like some, you know, of the wrestlers, you know, asking for, you know, a certain amount so early in their career and stuff like that. Like, I can't say like how long they've been training and, you know, before they actually started wrestling, but it does seem like a lot of wrestlers, especially like women wrestlers are like blowing up early in their career. Like they're getting big, really fast. Like I noticed that with, um, sky blue as an example like i you know she was very new and then she just had a couple big matches in the indies and she got really big and then she's on AEW dark and stuff like that so like sometimes it's just you know because women's wrestling is getting so big and there's so many big names out there and there's more of a spotlight so it's easier to get bigger you know nowadays mm-hmm. which is um pretty cool and social media kind of like what we all wasn't a thing back then but now yeah. so people are getting over on social media like whether yeah. it's youtube twitch tiktok and all that kind of stuff yep. So that being said, like um, you started in 2004 when social media wasn't a big thing. When did it start becoming like a big thing for wrestlers to kind of like start promoting themselves and stuff like that? I would say, because I'm even trying to think, my timing is really bad. Um, so I would probably say, because I went, I ended up going to Japan in 2011. So I'm trying to date back. I would say maybe like 2009-ish because I remember there was, I have like a Yahoo group because this is before like Facebook. Um, and then I remember when like Facebook became a thing and then like I would get mad because I wanted my, I had a lot of people in my Yahoo group, but like they weren't transitioning yet to like Facebook. And I'm like, go like my Facebook page. This is where everybody's at, you know? And I, I had like a MySpace page, but that was like my personal one. Um, and that was around like 2005, 2006. So I wasn't using MySpace for wrestling because it was, I didn't, there wasn't like wrestling promotions really at that time, like on MySpace. And I remember, um, I think once Facebook started to take off, it was like easier to try to go out there. Um, and look, but I remember I still to today and it's still a goal of mine. I've not wrestled for shimmer. I've not wrestled for shimmer. I don't know what I have to do, but I remember asking my promotion and another like couple other promotions for footage because I didn't have YouTube wasn't a thing and I'm like I need to put stuff on a disc and send it to them you know and back then we were still doing VHSs so I'm like oh my gosh there's a women's promotion in Chicago like I want to wrestle for them but I, I like and then I'm trying to use my laptop and like convert like it was just a mess and 2021 I started wrestling for Shimmer but I'm like, what do I gotta do? Give me a highlight reel. Who do I send it to? Like, let's do it. But no, um, it's definitely evolved and now it's it's easier. And 
if you literally do like a cool spot and it goes viral, you know what I mean? It's almost like you have to do something crazy to stand out and talking about from when I started in 2004 till now is it's totally different. What we used to do was great. It got over. Now it's so much more. It's so much more. It, it's, it's, it's like, um, like we say like the new generation, like they have a different mentality from like what we have or what we're set in stone. Cause like, I still think about, I'm like, well, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't, and that's not how it was what, like, it, it just messes you up because you're so conditioned to be like a certain way and it, you just have to evolve and you have to adapt with certain things. And I get that, but still sometimes I watch stuff and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. It's like, oh my gosh, but you just have to go with it. And then the fans love it. So because the way it's evolved and the way it's changed and other girls are like getting noticed for the things they're doing, it's like, you gotta change too, or you're just gonna get lost in the shuffle. And honestly, I feel like I'm lost in the shuffle at this point. I really do. It's like, yeah, that's always been my mentality. <laughs> I'm really, really big on like keeping up with like trends and you know, just technology and stuff like that. Because, like, I see like the older generation when they try to do stuff, they just like they struggle. And I was like, I don't want that to be me and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. like you said, like wrestling has changed so much and it's a whole different game than what it was, you know, back in, you know, the early to mid two thousands and stuff like that. And and it's definitely a big, you know, advantage because like of technology, but at the same time, it's also scary because if you do the wrong thing, if you post the wrong thing on social media, your career is done or done canceled, right? That's what it is. You're canceled. I, for the longest time, I'm like, what does that even mean? Can't you cancel somebody? And then I see everybody going, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yep, it's 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 like it's a good and bad thing, but like the one like really big thing I like about like how technology has come with the wrestling you know business is the the ability for like promotions to stream their events because before like you would have to go there and you know you know you can't like I'm I'm not gonna travel all the way to Texas you know to go watch Mission Pro or something like that like yeah yeah. It, it's awesome like i know the title match network really you know has a lot of great you know promotions that stream on there and stuff like that so i think that's cool but i know mm-hmm. you mentioned that you've been really wanting to wrestle for shimmer but i know you've wrestled for a similar promotion shine mm-hmm. and you were actually a tag team champion with them as well so um tell me about your experience wrestling with them because i've i've, I've never really watched that much of shimmer and shine i have um I actually have some of the DVDs for which one is it? Um, is this Shimmer? Yeah, it's actually Shimmer. <laughs> I have two of the DVDs for Shimmer. I'm not on that, but <laughs> yeah, I I I think it's so cool that like you got these all women promotions and stuff like that. And I like hearing people talk about like you know these promotions. So just tell me a, bit, a little bit about your experience with them. Yeah, so I actually debuted for Shine. I believe it was like Shine Three. So they were still super new and um getting like their feet wet and. It was down in Ebor, which I don't know if you've ever been to Ebor, Florida, but you, if you have it, you have to go. I'm telling you, it's, it's just, it's a, it's an experience there. It's Ebor something. Um, so with Shine, it was such a fun experience from like Shine 3 till I think I might've been on like Shine 62. Don't quote me somewhere in the sixties or at least the end of the fifties, but I worked for them for quite a bit. And I started out, you know, our debut match was me and I. Gabby Gilbert, we tag team. Um, and we only decided to be a tag team because we actually had like a dark match a couple years prior for Ring of Honor. 
and we always joked like, oh, we need to be attacked and it would be great, it'd be great. And then we were able to bring it to shine and we just did like that first match. It was against Sue Young and Tracy Taylor. Had fun, loved it. And then I ended up moving down to Florida uh, that following year. So then I just became a regular and I was almost on every shine show. And then eventually we finally branched out to New York um which was nice and then I moved a couple times back to Florida to Massachusetts back to Florida back to Massachusetts so it was nice to come up here and uh have a different crowd in front of us because we would just particularly run Ebor at the Orpheum which is a great building but I think it's good for us like I think we've built up enough following that we can at least go somewhere else maybe not travel all the time but at least have two different places like you know come up north and be down south and you have those fan bases which I think is great more expansion more people see you blah 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 so um and then eventually once I uh I think once we started coming to New York the they brought Gabby in and so me and Gabby started tagging um we ended up getting the tag belt we had Satina Garrett with us for a little bit before they took her away from us <laughs> she went to the big leagues um so it was nice while it lasted and then you know we dropped the belts and then I think that was kind of right around where like COVID started and then since then um I think Shine's had two shows since and I yeah um I haven't been back yet so hopefully that will be soon once they start probably bringing in more girls but now they're back in Florida but they're at their training center so they're not at the Orpheum anymore for now, at least, uh, for Shine. But it was great. I love it. it. It was such a fun locker room. You know, you have some homegrown talent, like Eva Lee's, Mercedes Martinez. I've done shows with Mercedes Martinez forever. She used to be over at WSU in Jersey when I used to work for WSU back in the day. Um, so it's good they had, like, a good, solid foundation. Now I feel like they're letting um, more up-and-comers, more young girls in and just, like, changing the vibe a little bit and, you know, rotating talent in and out, which is always good, too. Gives them exposure and fans who may not know of Shine may have saw that local girl at another promotion in their area, and now they want to check out Shine, and now they have another person, you know what I mean, subscribed and following on the apps. And so it's great, though. I love Shine. I'm very happy that they were able to get through this because you know some promotions obviously but i'm happy that they're, they're still here so yeah like i'm really excited that we're kind of at the end of covid now so we can really get things back to normal um and everything like that and that's like um you know you had mentioned like how like they're all you know bringing in new girls and how you said that you could bring in you know more fans and stuff like that because it seems like a lot of fans kind of not necessarily follow the promotions they follow the wrestlers on the indies because yes. obviously no indie wrestler is glued to one promotion. They go wherever they want and stuff like that. At least but, they should not be. Yeah, they should not they be. Should not be. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it, it seems like, you know, people follow the wrestlers. And that's actually, because you're speaking of Gabby Gilbert, I've seen her mm -hmm. wrestle live a few times at Titan Championship Wrestling. And um, I actually discovered that promotion because I'm a big Holiday fan. So I saw that she was in New Jersey wrestling for this promotion. I'd never heard of it. And I go there and I discover all these great wrestlers. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. So I became fans of them. I became fans of the promotion. I go to all of their goddesses of war events now um they haven't had one since october but i'm hoping that's that... okay <laughs> so, yeah but i mean like that that's how it happens you follow a wrestler you discover a new promotion you become a fan of that promotion you become a fan of the other wrestler so it's also good for the wrestlers as well because 
you know, this fan might be watching this show for this specific wrestler, but then they see mm-hmm. you and they're like, oh, I really like this girl too. Yep. Let me look her social media up. Let me follow, be a fan support, you know, you know, stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, it's definitely good doing stuff like that because it, it definitely like brings in, you know, more fans and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now um, my next question for you, and um, this is non-wrestling related. So this is like kind of like the fun question. Love it. We love those questions. Exactly. Because <laughs> I know you probably get burnt out from all the wrestling, this wrestling, that and stuff like that. Um, but so what is something about you that's non-wrestling related that you would want fans to know, whether it's an accomplishment, a hobby, you know, something like that? So I, one of my things I love is I'm a Zumba instructor. I've been teaching Zumba for nine years now. Um, it's one of my passions. Like I absolutely, I love dancing. I love Spanish music. I love just the atmosphere. You sweat, you burn calories, you're happy. It gets your endorphins up. Uh, I was teaching on the Zumba app totally free. Um, but right now, because because everything is opening back up, a lot of people aren't really on the app anymore because they're back in the gym and doing things like that, which is fine. Um, but it's always good too. If you want, you always can go in and like, I've offered, um, I know Suyang, thankfully she's plugged my stuff for me. And, uh, cause she would do my Zoom class with me. Jamie Senegal would do my Zoom class with me. Uh, and I'd be like, Hey girls, like, let's let's go do Zumba. We could do it on Zoom. We could do it on the app and it's free. And anybody can do it. And the best is nobody sees you. Like, unfortunately, all eyes are on me. So I just have to like keep that rah-rah energy and I can't be the person. So it's like, you can be sitting down eating a bag of Cheetos just watching me. You know what I mean? I don't know. You're like, yeah, you're doing great. Let's just keep it up. How am I supposed to know? Uh, so Zoom is one of my things I absolutely love. And then on the meantime, because obviously I'm not contracted anywhere. So I am a, a dental assistant. I actually became one. Uh, I started training last January and then I got my license and it's been the best thing ever. Like I absolutely love it. And I always try to tell people um, I follow. I, I don't know. If, have you ever heard of The Secret? The book or the movie, The Secret? No, I heard no. a song called Secrets. <laughs> so it's basically the law of attraction. To explain it in simple form is, however, if you're positive, you're going to get positive things. The more negative are you, more negative things. I'm sure you've heard that in other aspects, like, oh, if you're going to keep being down, it's just a, a tripling effect. It's just negative, negative. If you look at people who are negative, usually negative things happen and they're good examples of that to explain what I believe in and what I think and everything. So I'm a big follower of like energy healing vibes, good vibes, law of attraction, which is it's energy based. Like if I'm projecting good energy at you, hopefully you pick up on it. And as long as I know that I'm cleansed and I feel good, that hopefully that makes like a little difference in your day, you know? So with that, it's like, I try to tell people, like, I would love to do energy healing. And I, I don't, I don't really go into like tarot reading. I don't do that stuff. I have seen a tarot reader before. And they told me without me saying anything, like you have such good energy in your aura. Like you can, you can be a healer and I am an empath, which is great, but also a bad thing because people drain me. Like they drain my energy. I'm a people person at the end of the day, but 
being around a lot of negative people and I love wrestling to death. That's my number one passion, but there is a lot of toxicity and it's very draining. So even more reason, I'm glad that I have my time to like Zen out and meditate because this business is very crippling if you let it get to you. That's actually kind of like cool that you mentioned that because I'm, I'm, I'm really big on like energy and stuff like that. Like I, I tend to like be able to read other people's energy very good. Like I could tell if someone's not in a good mood or a bad mood without them really having to show it that much. Cause obviously yeah. someone's yelling and hollering, you know, they're in a bad mood, but if, you know, I, I, I'm really good at telling if people are off or stuff and stuff, you know, something like that. And I agree. Like if you're around people who are just really negative, it does fall on you and mm-hmm. it your mood down and then vice versa, you know, I, you know, I'm sure you probably know that, you know, Twitter can be a little nasty. Sometimes I kind of like, I do it on my personal Twitter. I make it a point to try to post at least one like positive tweet every night just to kind of throw some positivity out there. Yeah. Cause you never know who's scrolling and that might make their day. That's the point, you know? So exactly. Like, I feel like reading like positive motivational quotes can really like make you feel good about yourself dependent on like how it may relate to you and stuff like that so I try to do stuff like that um just because I do like to try to you know build people's energy and stuff like that because we live in a crazy world especially the last two years and I feel like people need it more than ever yes absolutely and a lot of people who say like I can't meditate I don't have the time and it's like you're the ones who really need to meditate because if you're saying like you don't have the time and your mind is constantly going you're honestly the perfect example that needs to meditate because you need to quiet your mind you need to have that time to just to let loose and there's things too like affirmations if people can't meditate they can journal and affirm like certain things and I'm telling you, it's crazy. Like there's stuff in my personal life that I was able to manifest. And there was one of the things I was able to manifest too with wrestling. So, and it's crazy because people think it's like witchy stuff and I don't judge anybody, whatever whatever anybody wants to do, that's on you. Like whatever makes you happy, just be a good person, you know? Um, So there was a lot of things that like I believe in and then I'll think it and then you just let it go and you know, you may journal about it or you may meditate about it for a few moments. And then all of a sudden, bam, there it is, you know? So it's, it's pretty crazy how, how we can really, I always say we create our own reality at the end of the day. You just got to choose the right thoughts. Exactly. Your mind is extremely powerful and it controls you and how you feel and everything like that. Like, and as you say, like when people can't make the time, you you know, you got to make the time, you know, if you're that busy where you can't make that, you know, 30 minutes or something like that, then you really need to probably cut back on some things. So that's probably why you're stressful. Like I personally, when I'm in bed, before I go to bed, I take CBD gummies and I'll mm-hmm. watch ASMR videos to help kind of relax me. And yeah. that really helps me. It's just, you just, you'd be surprised that, you know, when you have the, you know, don't have the time, like you can do it when you're in bed, you know, laying down before you go to bed and stuff like that. You like, can, you can even at, do affirmations in the shower on the way as you're driving. Like you just think of things, change your, change your thoughts. It's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> exactly. And I, what was the, I know you mentioned Zumba. What was the other thing that you mentioned? Oh, I'm a dental assistant. Dental. Yeah. Cause I wanted to make a comment about that. My best friend, she actually just started um, dental assisting because she was in that program throughout like the summer all the way, I think until like January or February, she graduated or something like that. And she just recently started like a month ago or something like that. 
Nice. It's really a good field. I almost, so I worked, I worked first at a dental office. I had no desire to be a dental assistant. That was not one of the things I ever wanted to do, but the, the way the opportunity just landed in my lap was one of the ladies um, was going to her country for a month and we had another lady that was an assistant and, you know, she gets tired easily and she couldn't do five days. So my boss was like, Hey, do you want to train? Like, I'll train you to be an assistant. You get your license and then you can help out this month. And then, you know, obviously if you want to go further with it, you can or whatever. And I was like, yeah, about, no problem. What's, what's the worst? So I'll have a license in something, you know, maybe I'll like it. And I actually, I fell in love with it and uh, I'm licensed and it's great. I love my boss. She's super, like, she's, one of the best people I know, like she's, I would say like, she's like family to me. We work in a small office. And the one scary thing was as I was training, it was right before COVID started. And I'm one of the youngest, I mean, I'm not young, but I'm one of the youngest girls in the office. So it, out of everyone to be working during COVID, it's me, you know, and other people have like medical conditions. So it was like, here, we need you. And it's like, well, here I am. And it was very nerve wracking at first because obviously we didn't know with the pandemic, what was going on with PPE. We weren't even when we were in the office because we technically had to shut down, um, but we could see emergencies. Like we didn't even have the proper PPE. Like it was stressful. And I was a brand new dental assistant. Like literally, like my first day I was working during a pandemic as just me, not following. I'm not training anymore I'm hands-on and I'm like oh man but thankfully my boss is super great and she's able to like help me you know so it's worth it now you know obviously it's been over a year and I love it <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really cool I know that's uh, I, I couldn't do anything like that because I didn't you know the idea of putting my hand in someone's mouth is kind of like weird right it, yeah it's not that weird. bad I swear <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I know my um my friend, she had told me that technically you're supposed to train like, you know, with real people because of COVID. I think she was like doing it with like mannequins or fake, yeah. fake teeth mouths or something like that. I don't know, but I remember yeah. her telling me about that. But yeah, it, it's a cool, it, it, I, I know it's a good job to have. I just, like I said, I know it's not for everyone because not everyone can stomach, you know, touching people's teeth and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, trust me, that was me. <laughs> and I was like, oh gosh. Good thing I'm only doing this for a month because this is disgusting. Yeah, exactly. So uh, now my final question for you. Now this is back to wrestling, but this is actually kind of a fun question. So um, if you were given the opportunity to have a WrestleMania match, um, with WWE and you could choose any opponent. It could be anyone from WWE, AEW, Impact, Indies. Who would you want it to be against? Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus. Oh, that's a good one. I I, I really want to, speaking of Trish, I really want to see her come back to WWE and have that match with Sasha Banks that they've been teasing for like a few years now. But she is, you know a legend you know she's been in it through the attitude there she was during the bra and panty matches and her and Lita mm -hmm. together like really took women's wrestling to that another level and the yeah. fact that she came back a few years ago 2018 I think it was and still looked good as she did back in the day that was just amazing I know I know I can't lie I was super jealous that uh she did come back for like a little bit you know like a match here and there so 
I'm just hoping. I wish one day, one day. I manifest it. I'll manifest it. Manifest and do it, yes, because I feel like you know I know WWE does it with the men with like part timers and stuff like that. But I I would like to see them do it with women more. I feel like you know Trish is you know big enough of a name where she can come in and be a draw, you know once Absolutely. a year or something like that. Like I said, I want that match with Sasha. It was cool that she did it with Charlotte, but like I feel like they've been teasing it, and ever since they had that stare down at the first ever Women's Royal Rumble, I just mm-hmm. never it so bad. Yeah, hopefully it will turning to something so So, uh, another question this is about trish you know what was your favorite feud with her and lita or her and nikki her and lita Lita, okay her and lita all day her and lita i will never forget because lish and i we would watch raw all the time together and i remember when lita and i know it's so iconic when lita did her dive to the outside, we cringed, and I was like, oh, "We can't wrestle like that." Like, and and then she got back up like a boss and continued. And I was like, "She's immortal. She's immortal." But yeah, no, her feud. I mean, I enjoyed her feud with Mickey. Um, but I would say at that point, I believe I was already involved like wrestling. But it would be all day, her and Lita, hands down. Yeah, like I, I, I'll. I have to admit, like, I missed that era because I had gotten out of wrestling. I think it was around, like, 2003, maybe 2004, because that was when I got into high school and mm-hmm. all my friends got out of it. So I, I missed that era, but I did see, like, the promo videos and the highlights and stuff like that. I did watch that final match between Trish and Lita when um, Dorn mm-hmm. Trish's um, retirement match. Yeah. That was really great as well. Um, And I also, of course, you know, I saw the Mickey and stuff like that. I really liked the storyline with her and Mickey, like, how it, like, really, like – you know, escalated from her being that obsessed fan. That's fan, yeah. It was crazy. I thought that was really cool. Like she was the OG um AJ Lee, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I but, agree. Um, but yeah, like so that's all the questions I have for you. I just um mm-hmm. have to thank you again so much for uh joining us today on O Face Wrestling. It was definitely a pleasure um interviewing you. No problem. It was great talking to you. And I hope now you have a little more insight about me and my background and all that good stuff. <laughs> I definitely do. And um, did you want to share your social media links and everything with all the listeners? Yeah, no problem. So the best way to find me is a lot of people spell my name incorrectly. It's Luscious Latasha and it's L-U-S. A lot of people forget there's an S before the C. So it's L-U-S-C-I-O-U-S. L-A-T-A-S-H-A. That's at Instagram, that Twitter, and on Patreon as well. And Facebook. I'm not too active on Facebook, but you can like the Luscious Latasha page on there as well. All right. And uh, you all heard it. And I'll make sure all those links to all those social media accounts are in the bio below. Also, make sure you give us a sub on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thank you all for tuning in. And thank you again for joining us. Bye, everyone.